Okay, welcome to Jetstream Live. Uh, super excited to be here with Ben Zettler from Ben Zettler Digital. Uh, and we're going to be talking about the creating your e-commerce engine and what it takes to really drive uh, e-commerce sales and growth uh, and scale uh, with your e-commerce business. So Ben, welcome to the uh, live podcast. Really great okay. to have you here. Welcome to Jetstream Live. For sure. Appreciate, uh, appreciate you having me on. Yeah, sorry. Sorry about that. I got a little bit of feedback there. Okay. Uh, yeah, so so let's let's jump into just what Ben Zettler Digital is, and maybe you can tell us a little bit about your your background uh, in digital marketing. Sure. Yeah. So I'll try not to go too deep because we want to <laughs> move on to more important topics than than just talking about me. But but just so that everybody that's watching and listening has some context. Um, I actually I started out in this whole world on the other side of the fence. I was a, a Shopify merchant. Uh, nine years ago, I started a company called Brooktide Sunglasses um, that was store number 41,000 or so on the platform. I was fortunate actually four years ago to sell the company. It was acquired in 2018. Nice. But I always say to folks that that was like the the first domino, so to speak, to building a client portfolio and to working with folks across the key areas of service that I, I do work with folks now, which is ultimately um, the optimization of your website and uh, whether it's theme setup or customizations or app integrations or uh, conversion rate optimization type work, um, customer acquisition. Uh, more specifically, I'm a Facebook marketing partner, Facebook business partner on their preferred tier. So Facebook and Instagram advertising, as well as Google advertising, Pinterest advertising and all things paid is very much a part of what I do. And the, the third key area to really kind of rounded out and these are, are not really in any particular order but the third is in customer retention and customer relationship management email and text marketing um, as of a, a few weeks ago i'm actually fortunate to now be a clavio elite partner um, awesome. ultimately what that is is just that it's the highest tier within their partner program i think there's something like 12 or 13 of us uh, globally um, and it's their stamp of approval on on us as uh, service providers uh, ultimately in that space um, the other kind of unique uh, piece to my business is that I've actually been doing this full-time only for three years, even though I've been working with folks for about eight or nine. Mm. Um, prior to that, I worked at a company called Steiner Sports. Um, Steiner is the largest autographed sports memorabilia company of its kind in the world. And I started there as a, um, a social media manager. This was back in 2014. I was the company's first full-time hire dedicated to social and digital marketing. We took what was a, a cumulative following of about 50,000 users to over two and a half million across all channels in my first couple of years. Um, and then my role there expanded into overseeing not just social, but paid advertising and affiliate marketing and email marketing and eventually our entire e-commerce operation. And a lot of what I pull from that experience is, is how I, um, you know, I kind of fuse that into what I do with clients today, which is working with companies kind of all across the board in terms of where they are in the life cycle of their business. So whether it's you know, startups that maybe don't have the, the biggest budget out there, we might work with on a project basis or a more consultative basis up to companies that are, are doing eight figures a year online. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's been a lot of fun over the last couple of years. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm happy to do stuff like this, you know, to get on and have conversations and talk with people about how they can make improvements to what they're doing with their online business. Yeah, absolutely. Great, great, great to have you here. And you're right. It is, you know, it's a fun and exciting business that's always changing and there's always new challenges and new opportunities that, that come out of that as well. But it is a constantly evolving uh, industry and digital marketing just itself has, has changed so much. And the e-commerce world, we've seen a change a ton over the last couple of years, especially, uh, you know, some certainly good and some certainly, you know, challenging. Let, let, let's dig into uh, you know, when, when 
creating my e-commerce engine. What, what does that what does that mean to you? Uh, you know, what does it mean to have a uh, an e-commerce engine created for your store? You know, it can mean a lot of things. I think one of the misnomers that's out there is that, especially I'd say with the growth of Shopify over the last five six years, like you know, people might think, oh, you know, we can. We can set up an online store. We can integrate a tool that allow us to drop ship products. And then we can turn on some advertising and the thing will run itself. Um, <laughs> Pre-pandemic, that didn't exist. Um, I don't want to call it post-pandemic because it's really not. It's mid-pandemic. Actually, my, yeah. my wife and my young son both have COVID right now. We oh, just no. found out yesterday. So ah. um, we're, we're in the thick of it. But, um, you know, it certainly is not true now. Um, given all of the uh, supply chain challenges that that every company around the world has, um, so yeah, I mean, I'll speak to that first. Like, it is a little bit of a misnomer that like there is no there is no set it and forget it solution. There is nothing yeah. that you you can't uh, that you can just you know forget about and and not really uh, pay attention to what you're building as a brand, like on on the front end of, of what customers see, but then also from a back end operational perspective, like that just doesn't exist now. There are certainly levers to pull when we think about the concept of e-commerce engine. Like, what, what is that? And there's, there's core areas that really any business, if they're selling something online, should have some level of a, pre- uh, level of a presence. Um, and, and not to, uh, this is not to, to sell my services, but, but that's actually one of the reasons why, as I've ventured into you know, doing, doing this as, as my career, um, where I've chosen to focus on the key areas of service that we, we ultimately work on, which is the establishment of that website, that foundational piece to your business, the, the outbound marketing, the paid advertising, um, and then the work that, that you're doing as a business to retain those customers. And, and not even that so, so much specifically, but you know, getting the, the ad that you're running and getting users to opt into something and then you know, the welcome flows to get those new users also to, to complete purchases. But those are the areas where very simply, um, and not to oversimplify it, but, but if, if as a brand you can be um, buttoned up to some, to some degree on those ends, then um, you're, you're more likely to have some success with what you're doing online. Yeah, and I, I'm glad you said the, the thing about like set it and forget it. I think people think like, oh, okay, I got my Shopify store and I have a great product, and you know my my brand is it seems pretty on point, but nobody knows about my store or my brand or my product, right? And you think, okay, well, let's go turn on some Google ads, let's go put on some Facebook ads, and oh, this TikTok thing seems cool. Let's let's go and do that. Uh, and there's a lot more to it. I was talking with a a uh, potential client yesterday and he, he was kind of overwhelmed by you know what he was learning was actually involved in creating an e-commerce online store because the barriers have very much been removed to like hey i have this widget i'm gonna go start my store tomorrow i'm gonna upload you know all my products get things going set up my brand set up you know the, the company and away we go and then you and then you're like where's the traffic where's it gonna come from yep. what's gonna happen who's gonna buy this uh, and, and where are they? And that's when I think it gets really, really difficult. And so I kind of think about like, what's the horsepower behind that that's going to make this store go? You know, is is it, you know, certainly apps on the store, especially if you're in the Shopify, uh, if you're on the Shopify platform, you can implement some of the apps, but that's not necessarily going to drive traffic, mm-hmm. you know, but but things like, like Klaviyo and SMS and email 
and these pieces that you can plug in that actually drive hopefully not just traffic, but real customers to your store that will purchase and then hopefully purchase again. But I see that a lot where, where people have, they do have a great product. They may even have potentially a great brand and they've set up their Shopify store. Everything looks great. They're like, okay, let's go. And nothing happens. Yeah. Right. And then even then it's not like, okay, well let's start up the Google ads or the Facebook ads and then leave it. And then we'll just watch the money roll in. That just does not happen. So I'm, I'm kind of curious, what, what are some of the, the pieces, maybe some of the apps you might implement or services like Klaviyo that would help drive um, the success of a store? Sure. Um, the first thing that I'll say, actually, I'll step back for one second. Um, I always like to, to pose this question to anybody that I speak with, um, you know, potential clients or, or anybody that, that's kind of in the space, whether it's a, a true startup, you know, haven't sold a single dime type of situation or, or just a, a business that is, you know, at a certain level looking to grow to a different place. But the question that I ask is, if you went to your website, um, would you buy something? And if you can't say yes, then you have a problem. Um, and, and that's something to think about. That doesn't mean that you need to go through some intensive development process and custom build this gorgeous website that is you know, the greatest website since sliced bread. Um, you certainly can go do that. And there's some companies that, that certainly do that. But Shopify you know, makes it really easy to... I say easy, easy is a relative term, of course, but Shopify does make it relatively easy to um, you know, put something together that is on brand, that if you have some core copy points and you have, you're able to showcase the why of why you're selling something and the, the what of what it is and, and how people might use it or eat it or wear it or whatever, um, then that's already getting you a step ahead of the game because... I, I connect with um, e-commerce store owners all the time and, and literally like five to 10 a day um, that they're, they're that exact scenario of, oh, I have this store and you know, I put it up and it's live and there's no traffic. Mm-hmm. But I ask that question and, and more often than not, they can't answer that question. Yeah. Now, that's, that's one bucket, right? But the... Um, let's not consider those for a second because that's like kind of a whole nother issue, but thinking about folks, okay, they have a good brand and they have things that are, you know, certainly buttoned up and, and a uh, product that in theory, you know, has some utility that users might want to buy to get to your question about um, tools to integrate. Um, yeah. Clavio from an email marketing and text marketing perspective by far is my, my number one recommendation. Um, and this this kind of goes back to my days at, at Steiner Sports. And, and the reason why it's so relevant to the work that I'm doing today with folks is that um, I've been on that other side of the coin. I worked for an enterprise level e-commerce company and we've used every tool under the sun um, for email, for example, the list track and Salesforce marketing cloud and Bronto, which is going to be donezo in a month and um, campaigner, like just so many different tools. And, and you know, there, there's a lot of really great, pieces of software that are out there. But um, the reason why I ultimately you know, prefer Klaviyo other, other, over others, number one, is Klaviyo integrates the best with Shopify out of the box. Mm-hmm. And for the yeah. most part, I mean, at least in my world, I'm connecting with folks that are either on Shopify or they're not, and they're thinking of moving to Shopify. But the majority of folks that are starting an e-commerce business these days like, are choosing Shopify over you know, 
big commerce and WooCommerce and you know the other platforms that are out there. Um, now, Clavio does integrate with other platforms, but it really was Shopify first, and you know they've they've been able to kind of ride that wave of of the growth of Shopify and the growth of Clavio and the um, the issues that Shopify had with Mailchimp and then uh, all the Mailchimp users going over to Clavio. But there's a reason why like sixty to seventy percent of Shopify storefronts use Clavio. Um, you know, once you again know what you're doing, easy is is a relative term, but once you know what you're doing within the platform. Um, you're sending campaigns to highly segmented groups of users so that you can put relevant um, information in front of them to potentially make a purchase. That is super, super, super impactful. Um, and again, one of the reasons why I highly recommend it because it can do it a lot better th that I've found than, than other platforms. Now, when I talk about Clavio these days, I'm, I'm talking about not just email marketing, but I'm also talking about uh, SMS and text marketing. Mm -hmm. um, Clavio has, has now sort of built itself as a, um, you know, all-in-one own marketing platform or own marketing solution. Um, you know, when they first introduced SMS two years ago, like really a, by chance, I guess, at, at the onset of the pandemic, you know, they were wildly overpriced relative to other players in the market. They didn't have the same types of features as other players in the market. And it just wasn't something that I felt comfortable recommending as big of an advocate as I am for the platform. Um, but there've been a couple of uh, a series of very specific changes that they've made to what they offer with SMS that really puts it on par from a cost perspective with any other platform that's out there and, and cheaper than most. Um, but even more important than cost, you know, functionally um, being able to do things like building an abandoned cart flow that contains email and SMS. So you can trigger an SMS message based on how a user engages with an email and vice versa. Mm -hmm. Something that you just simply can't do when you have, that living in two separate platforms. And so it's really, really important to have your own marketing live in one place. So you have one, one system of record, one user profile that contains both pieces of information, um, you know, one set of integrations, like, and the list goes on. But, um, but really, it's, it's my number one recommendation for email and SMS. Um, now, for, for growing brands that are in a certain place that are you know, most likely spending a decent amount of money on advertising. Another tool that um, all of my clients that I work with from an advertising management perspective have moved over to over the last six months uh, is Elevar. Elevar mm -hmm. is a, from what I said, it's a Shopify exclusive tool, but a, a super powerful data connector that has helped for us and our clients to solve a lot of the issues that have come about with iOS 14.5. Um, and the lack of data that we have on, you know, just in general on transactions from advertising. Um, and it's not a business intelligence tool. Um, there's other tools that I'll, I'll mention in a second there, but it is a tool that um, leverages information from Facebook, Google, Clavio, uh, Shopify, pushes information through Google Analytics and Google Tag Manager and can send um I'm highly simplifying the process, but uh, can send uh, more accurate and stronger and uh, diverse data uh, back to a tool like Facebook through the Facebook Conversions API, which, again, complete game changer for um, advertising performance measurement that that I've seen. Um, again, this this probably being more for like growing businesses and and folks that are doing at least six figures a year, but, but, you know, seven or eight and then higher probably. But, um, 
a combination of Elevar with more business intelligence reporting tools like Glue or Dacity or Source Medium or even Triple Whale as, as Triple Whale has emerged over the course mm-hmm. of the last, you know, just 11 months. And they just took their, their $27 million funding round last month. Um, you know, those are, are super important for getting a better understanding of data and information and learning more about customers and knowing what your lifetime value is and knowing what your, um, you know, what your blended um, ROAS is, which is, you know, a super buzzwordy concept now, but, um, you know, just getting an understanding of where people are touching your brand at what points in their journey prior to making their purchases is, is, you know, really, really important. Um, not to plug Clavio too much. They did just publish a, an article, um, two days ago that breaks down attribution models and just helps to educate merchants on mm-hmm. the different, you know, the seven core models that are out there that can, um, have, uh, g- give you a different view, um, on business performance. So I recommend checking that out. If you just go to the, to the Clavio, uh, to the Clavio blog, um, there is a quote there from yours truly, but, um, <laughs> but, um, you know, those are the, the tools at their core, but like when it comes to, to, I know I'm kind of rambling on, but when it comes to like tools that in theory, like a merchant could integrate onto their site. I mean, it, it's fairly extensive, obviously like Shopify has the, the app store, which, you know, contains uh, thousands of different apps that theoretically can be used. Um, you know, if you're a company that, that sells something on subscription, you know, recharge generally is my, always my recommendation. Um, you know, there's all sorts of upsell apps, which can be a, you know, an upsell on cart and upsell at checkout and upsell uh, on the PDP, um, you know, different apps. If you're looking to do something beyond sort of the, the core capabilities of what Clavio signup forms can do, um, you know, apps like just Uno for pop-ups or privy for pop-ups, um, I mean, there's just, there are so many different tools out there that in theory, um, uh, can have a, a good impact for any business, just depending on how they leverage it. Like too often I see so many different companies that like, I start to work with them. I go into the back end of their site. I look in their app section and there's 40, 50 different apps that are integrated, <laughs> the majority of which they're not even using, but yeah. people also need to understand the impact that that can have just on site performance. Like very simply, like you have this app installed, it's, you know, its scripts are firing on your on your live theme and that's slowing down your site and that's impacting yeah. conversion. Um, so really like only using an app when you definitely need it. Um, you know, it's great in situations where like maybe you don't have the budget for a developer that could theoretically create that function for you directly within your theme or um, you're just looking to test out a feature before you then go through that process or... Um, you know, it's a tool that has really good integrations with a Clavio or with a recharge or with an analytics tool or whatever it might be. But, um, you know, it, it all comes back in a way to brand, like, you know, not only just looking at the back end and sometimes seeing like 40, 50 apps installed for somebody, but like you go to the front end of their site and you got a pop up here and you got a, a thing on the side saying when this person you know, 15 seconds ago bought this product from, you know, uh, New York City and, uh, then there's a pop-up after you add something to cart every time, then you go to a new page and you see the same pop-up from the last page. And then you see, uh, reminders about how, uh, how long the sale is running and it's off-brand text and font. And like, it's just, you know, less is more, um, what I found, but, um, I'll stop there. I know I'm kind of like, yeah, you, 
No, you're, you're dropping a ton of great value and, and, and mentioning a lot of the, the things that, uh, you know, store owners need to be aware of and, and uh, you know, some great apps that are out there and tools. So definitely, you know, shout out to Clavio. To you know, I'm a big fan of Clavio myself. Uh, you know, Triple Whale has definitely come on as something that's been really, really strong lately. And Elevar was also something that, uh, you know, can really help, uh, you know, um, for tracking purposes and, and data. Uh, so, you know, really, really great tools mentioned. Uh, when, when you start to talk about the apps, I think it's really, really interesting because I think it's easy for a store owner to just think like, okay, well, you know, how many apps do I have to implement so that my store will become successful? And I think that store owners and, and brands really need to look at this and, and think about strategically, what do I want to implement? Not what apps are there? And I can have all these different apps in there you know, one thing certainly slows down your site, but also really bogs down the experience, you know, can create confusion around the brand, the process, all these things. And so I think you have to be really cautious not to just go like, okay, well, let's implement these 10 apps and, and away we go. You need to really, really think strategically about why am I implementing this app? Why am I, you know, setting this up? What does that do for the business, the company? And right, maybe it makes sense to have a pop-up. Maybe it makes sense to have, you know, an upsell or a social proof app or something. But I think you really need to think that through. You can't just look at someone else's store and be like, okay, well, I'll just copy exactly what, what they're doing. That's not really effective. You need to think about your own experience. Um, one, one thing that I'd love to get your thoughts on though is, is I, I really see a lot more of like Sezzle and Afterpay and these, these payment models that I think are really, really great because I think they can reduce um, sort of that overwhelm of, of the the cost of something. Uh, but again, that's not for everybody. If you have a higher um, uh, price point product that is more premium looking for a more uh, affluent user, they're probably just going to want to go on there and you know drop their money. But for the person, if you're marketing to someone that doesn't have that money just sitting there waiting, something like Afterpay or Sezzle could be a great option um, for them. So I'm curious your thoughts on uh, on those sorts of tools and how that kind of changes, uh, you know, the, the purchasing power of the user that's on the site. You know, it really depends on every business. Um, you know, what is it that you're selling? What is the price point that you're selling it at? Yeah. Um, you know, for folks that have the resources, like think about, is this something that you could theoretically split test offering where you're displaying the option to you know, pay in installments, regardless of which tool you're using? Um, and seeing what the impact of, of, on conversion is there, uh, which we've ran for clients before. And, and sometimes, you know, it's significantly different one way and sometimes it's significantly different another, or it's just, you know, it's just kind of a wash. Um, so you, you just have to think about it on, like really on a case by case basis. Like, does yeah. it make sense to offer uh, this t-shirt for $24 in installments of, you know, $6 each over the course of four months. Right. Um, <laughs> does it make sense to offer something in installments where it's more of a premium product where it's, you know, four or $5,000 reality, the only um, folks that are going to be probably buying that are folks that, that have the disposable income for it. And then, so is it necessary from a brand perspective to then showcase that as an offer and it doesn't have an impact on conversion. That's typically where it doesn't. Um, so you just have to feel it out, really. I mean, at the end of the day, one of the nice things about these tools for merchants is that you know, it gives you the guarantee that like, if somebody doesn't pay for whatever reason, that you're still getting your money for the product that you sold and shipped. Mm -hmm. um, 
But at the same time, you just have to feel it out. What makes more sense? And the other side too is that you know there's still a cost to using that as a tool, like um, you know, Shop Pay, for example. If you're using their installments, which is technically powered by a firm, um, you know, it's five percent. I think is the the right uh, the transaction fee then. But um, and it's roughly around the same neighborhood for everybody. I don't know it offhand, but um, you know that's something else to think about too. Like maybe it just doesn't. It's not something that has a tremendous impact on conversion, but then if it, it doesn't, and then all of a sudden, you know, 20% of your sales are happening there, well, then you're losing that extra two, 3% every time. Um, yeah, right. So it's just a, a decision to make for everybody. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's the key is, you know, each business needs to look at their own strategy, their own goals, what they're trying to accomplish, their own market, and decide which apps are right. You can't just say, hey, every store should have these five or 10 apps uh, or even these three, right? Every store is a little bit different. Your business model is different. I think every uh, store owner needs to really uh, consider that. Thousand um, percent. And, and, you know, thinking about, I mentioned split testing, like testing really anything. Um, you know, there's the things that people always think about of like, all right, testing the, the color of this button or the placement of this, but like think about more impactful tests, like the presence of an app and the usage of an upsell or the formatting of a menu, like the things that do have a high impact ultimately on the user journey on your site. Um, utilizing testing and, and utilizing like, even if you're not going the, the optimizely route, let's say, which is a couple thousand dollars a month, even if you start with um, Google optimize. And if you have, whether it's somebody internal or external that can run a few basic tests for, um, you know, making some visual, like just front end changes or functional changes, it can really, really go a long way for any business. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of curious your thoughts on this and maybe people don't consider this part of the, like the e-commerce engine, but I certainly do. And, uh, it's, it's brand and, and, you know, how does that play in? Because, you know, in my experience, I've been doing digital marketing for, you know, about 18 years or more. Uh, in my early days, I was very much a performance marketer in the affiliate marketing space. Uh, and we didn't really think about brand. In fact, we like mocked and laughed at people. Oh, spending money on brand. Isn't that so stupid? What a waste. It was all about the re return and, you know, the, the transaction. I'm going to input a dollar and I'm going to make five on every transaction or more, right? Uh, but now I've, you know, over the last like, five, 10 years, I've realized how important brand is uh, and what it can do to impact conversion rates on your business, open rates on your emails, you know, just sales in, in general. So I'm curious if you can weigh in on how brand plays into uh, an e-commerce store's engine and, and helps drive sales and conversion. You know what? It is so massive, <laughs> but, but it's obviously really, really, really hard to quantify. Um, oh, yeah. So, you know, you have to make decisions that are ultimately going to be best for any business. So, for example, you know, one client that I have, and this is not work that we provided for them, but one client that I have, you know, they, they've done like just a really nice job over the last like two years, really revamping their, their, um, their logo, their color palette, their packaging, like everything that, that really speaks kind of cohesively to the messages of, of what they push and what they sell. Um, and I, I think that it's definitely had a huge impact on what they do. Um, you know, and I, I know that from, you know, the replies we get back from emails, from the things that, that, you know, even friends, if they see something that we did with them and they say, oh, wow, like, cool, this is nice. Like, and I'm just talking about like, again, design of packaging and, and color palette and formatting of an email and, 
that type of stuff. Um, but it's really a matter of resources. Like, does a, do you as a company have the resources to, let's say, pay a branding agency to to build something like that for you? You know, which is going to be tens of thousands of dollars generally. Um, and if you don't, that's okay. Um, that goes to one of the things like we were talking about earlier about, you know, what is your why and what are you selling? And if you would go to your website, would you buy something? Um, you know, and you, you can do that in a relatively straightforward manner, even if you, you don't have, let's say, the resources to get a third party in there to really revamp that for you to a certain level. Um, but just making sure that everything's clean. Like if I can give one tip to anybody, like if you're a, a store owner out there, or you're thinking of starting an e-commerce company and, and you know, resources are tight, which is totally fine. I mean, I was in that boat when I started my sunglasses company. Um, you know, leverage resources that are out there and just keep it clean visually. Like that, that's the tip. Um, you know, when I started the sunglasses company. I got somebody on Fiverr to create a logo, which... Fiverr has changed I, to, to some degree and Upwork has changed to some of you over the last several years. But, um, you know, color palette was simple. It was a one color in white and uh, one color in black. Like that was it. Um, and the messaging was clear on the site. And and that that was kind of it. But, yeah, brand is, is super, super important. And how the the brand is portrayed and, and what um, companies you might do partnership stuff with or what you know, micro or macro, macro influencers you might work with on social and, you know, how they're perceived, like everything speaks to, you know, what is this brand, this you know, thing that is hard to quantify. Um, but yeah, I mean, it is massively important for sure, because I personally have never gone to a website where they're clearly just drop shipping product and there's just yeah. like fonts everywhere and colors everywhere. And they're selling all different types of products and, I've never bought something from a company like that. Um, so really honing in on not just the visual of what you're looking at, but you know, also the product. Um, you know, I, I really don't subscribe, subscribe, meaning I, I'm just not a believer, believer in the, the sort of drop ship model in terms of being like a profitable, um, uh, a profitable concept, especially now. But um but even if you're going that route, like thinking about like, okay, we're, we, we don't want to sell um, hair clips and cat food and, and you know, kids toys, but yeah. maybe you can build something around selling kids toys or selling, you know, you know, pet goods or whatever it is that it might be. But, but really honing in on what it is that you offer so that you can speak to folks that might be interested in what you offer. And then over time, you can expand from there. Yeah. And I think back to the, the, the point of like, if you can't afford an, an agency, right. I mean, you can really emulate some of the best brands out there. I mean, you could just, mm -hmm. you know, pick, pick, pick any brand that you like and follow, you know, say it's Lululemon or Ray-Ban sunglasses or, you know, Nike or like bubbly or something like that. Just, just kind of look at what they're doing and, and copy some of the concepts. I'm not saying copy their logo and their copy and stuff, but if you look I like at the to concept, say be inspired by. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Get inspired by. And then and then also to your point of like, keep it simple. I think if you can simplify it and say, this is what we do rather than being all over the place, I think you can create a more consistent brand. And then over time, 
you know, people start to know, like, and trust your brand, they're more likely to purchase from you, open your emails, those sorts of things. And if they recognize their brand, if they've seen it in a couple of different places, uh, you can be sort of in their sort of worldview of like, hey, I keep seeing this brand everywhere online or on my phone. Maybe it's not a big brand, but to them, they're like, hey, they must be a big deal because I keep seeing them everywhere and I recognize the brand. And the messaging is consistent. Same, and yeah, there, there's a, a little bit of an omnipresent um, uh, type of deal when you, when you, like you just yeah. mentioned of you're seeing some retargeting messaging, you're seeing Google ads, they're opting into email because they think, oh, this is something that like maybe I need to be a part of and they're getting those communications and they're seeing organic posts and there's consistency and, you know, it's consistent. So just to, to uh, dive into another area too, like, cause this also speaks to brand, like consistent posts on social, not that you have to have million dollar creative, but um, being consistent and leveraging what works. So what is the thing that according to the brand that you're trying to create without any like strict guidelines, like what's the content that people might actually want to engage with, you know, because it's, it's hard, it's hard to, to get any individual person to follow a brand versus their friend. So it, yeah. it, there's, there's higher barriers to entry there, like just mentally, um, so if you can put content out there that, again, doesn't have to be this like you spent thousands of dollars on this video kind of thing, um, but putting it out there consistently, like one post in April and then one post in July, you know, the year before um, on your Instagram page, like doesn't cut it um, and, and nor does like, you know, having a dormant presence somewhere else or, yeah. you know, just the things that seem obvious that just not everybody always does. And, and it's understood for sure that like, especially if you're starting something out, like you're, I, I like to use the term, like you're either an overworked founder or you're an overworked doer. So you're somebody that's, you know, it's, it's either you or you have, you know, maybe two, one or two other folks that are involved and you guys are doing everything. Or even if it's a larger company, even with the progression of e-commerce over the last several years, so many large, really big businesses only dedicate a, a set number of resources specifically to their online business and the management of their Shopify site and what they're doing on, on social. And um, so, yeah, I mean, for the most part, I, I've never encountered a situation where somebody doesn't feel like they're, they're doing everything and doing too much, but even so there's certain things that if you just, you do have that consistency, it, it can really um, go a long way for sure. Yeah, I think I think with any business, uh, if you can be persistent and consistent over time, you'll win out, right? And a big part of like, you know, winning in business is just not quitting, just not giving up. And I think that that plays over into a lot of things, whether it's social media or your marketing or your organic efforts, even your paid ads, right? I think that that's a big piece of driving success for any store, any business out there. And so, you know, probably even more so with social, uh, but also with, with brand, right? If you're persistent and consistent with that brand and that brand messaging, and people can see that over and over and over again, without being annoying, of course, but over time, uh, that's how you'll win. And so it, you know, I've talked to a couple brands and in their early days, it's like, you know, they see purchases from like their mom and their aunt and their friend. And then over time, you start to see these other sales coming in from other people, but that takes a long time to kind of weather that storm and get through it. But I think that that's, you know, really good advice is to like stick with it, build a brand over time, be patient, 
uh, be consistent. Um, but I do, I just, you know, just to highlight that building a brand is like, you know, the, kind of the number one thing that I would say is so, so important to the success of your store in the long term. And it really, you know, I go back to like the, the digital marketing days that, you know, early days for me, it was like all about the metrics and like, we've got to increase the conversion rate and we go to the landing page. It's like, you know, the one thing that's going to increase your conversion rate, your open rates, your click-through rates, uh, your sales, all these things is the brand. If someone knows, likes, and trusts the brand, they are going to absolutely open that email. They are absolutely going to click and they're absolutely going to purchase if they like the product and they connect with the brand. So it's kind of that overarching thing that drives your store, drives the sales, uh, can drive your business and can affect some of these more in the weeds kind of uh, key performance indicators. So, you know, and, and the concept itself really is applicable to any type of business. So, you know, thinking about like more what you, know, you and I kind of do, you know, for folks that are building out a services business, like, yeah. you know, I, I kind of equate it to like a, a baseball example. I'm a big baseball fan. So like if you, if you play 162 games a year and if you got to hit, let's say one every day, not that every, anybody is, of course, but you got one every day. So it, that you're probably hitting about 250, which isn't great, but over 20 years, 250 is about 3,200 hits. You'd be one of the greatest right. players of all time. Um, you know, as you're pitching businesses from like a services perspective on yeah, managing email and running your Facebook ads and building a website for you, like there are certainly going to be the, you know, the cold emails that you send that don't get responded to and the DMs that you send that, that somebody does respond to and you have a nice conversation and then they fall off. But, you know, even if you get, I don't know, 10% of those, um, but you're consistently, um, you know, doing that, going through that outbound sales process, then you're going to grow a pretty significant business. Um, so yeah, so it's something to, to really, um, to think about across the board for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's just great, uh, great business advice. Uh, ben, well, I, I really appreciate uh, you coming on the podcast today and, and sharing uh, all your knowledge. I think there's a ton of really great uh, resources and, and things that were that were dropped here today. And, and hopefully, you know, any store owners that are listening or viewing this uh, will, will take those tips and start to implement them and think about how they can grow their store. Uh, where, where can people find you, follow you or, or check out Ben Zettler Digital? Uh, yeah, so website is just benzettler.com, B-E-N-Z-E-T-T-L-E-R. Um, all of my core social channels, LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram is all at Ben Zettler. Um, yeah, always happy to, to connect with folks, whether it's, you know, brands looking for help, whether it's, you know, service providers looking for new partnerships, um, or just to ask, a, ask and answer a question about, uh, the session today that somebody wants to follow up on. I'm always happy to, uh, engage with folks. Yeah. Awesome. Well, well thanks again, Ben. And, and, uh, it was great to have you. Great. Thank you. Thank you for uh, having me on. I appreciate it. All right. Bye for now.